Savannah with American Outdoor News, and I'm here with Mike Robinson from from the Taste Wild. of uh, Taste of the Wild. Uh, hold on, we got a lot. Of it. We have a great. What fortune is it? Farming the wild, wild game masterclass, fishing the wild, wild fish masterclass. Mike, I looked you up last night, <laughs> and I like to cook. <laughs> I'm way out of my league here. <laughs> no, it's all. You, you want a, a Michelin star restaurant? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got one restaurant with a Michelin star. We've had it for 15 years. And then I've got three others that are all up there uh, in different parts of the country. So, but they all share one thing, which they all focus on wild food. So we are, and, and I don't, I'm not saying venison, I say it's wild food. So, <clears throat> The big difference between the UK and the US when it comes to deer, deer in particular at game, is that we are allowed to put it in public creature. Yep. We have to be at US. Well, you can't sell wild game legally. You can sell non-indigenous wild game. You can't sell white or turkey or whatever. And because, I mean, and I've spent a lot of time with a lot of American friends that film deer a lot. And the North American model of wildlife conservation, the central tenet of it is that wild game should be sold to the Yeah. Should be retained by the hunter. But we're different. We've only got 40,000 hunters in our country. Is that a lot? And 4 million deer. We'll come and take it. I'm going to tell you, it's the holy grail of deer, I think. There are, so Britain has no tax, no hunter licenses, no fish and game department. And so it has long deer seasons. It's pretty strict. The rifle is very strict, etc. But once you have the equipment, or you know, you know you've got all the lands right, it's the Varda because we've got to get it done. It's a job. I will get back on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday morning, I will be in the woods at dawn shooting deer because I only have to the end of March to get a female deer colony. And it has to be done. Yeah. Well, it's a management thing. Yeah, you manage property as well. Yep. Yeah. I manage seven private, we call them states, say branches. Yeah. Anywhere between 20,000 acres and 2,000 acres. So, privately owned by landowners. And that's just a state, so. Oops. Privately owned. And what happens is, for whatever reason, that people, someone who's been managing the deer has given up all the time. They'll come to us and they'll say, look, we'd like you to manage our deer. We'll go in as a professional body and we will do a survey and get an idea for the And I followed it about. We'll travel 15 miles in a day. That's several private. They don't have any fences, right? So it's yep. just free-ranging, wild as it helps That's what it went. So you can only take a guess that was on there. But We'll then look at, we'll also look at the, uh, the in, we'll do an impact study, we'll look at the, the impact on the undergrowth, on the, the biodiversity, and we'll go, okay, well, that's muntjac deer causing, that's roe deer causing, that's fallow we'll, we'll then say, okay, we'll do this, we'll have the overseen by a full-time professional, which we will cover, and then we'll, we'll find a group of enthusiastic amateur professionals in the area. Yeah. You don't have their own now. We'll give them access. 
they have they have to call a somebody that no one gets knows. We talk about like and they pay us a little bit of money and we then give to the land and the land that it gets up. So yeah. we keep it that's that's the model. And um, you know, and we're very, very hot on quality of shooting skill. We try to shoot first to find everything out. Most of it's really short right? Yeah. It's all on foot, very little. A bit, but very little. And then the deer all go through a very, very careful system into public nature. Sold to restaurants, my restaurants, through Deer Vox, our company, which sells all the Betsy, all over the country by Bennett. So you uh, process it? We have full time butchers. We have a 5,000 square foot factory that grosses 100 a week. That's one of you. That's a full time job. How do you bring that? Join a restaurant. Well, I don't know. My, how do you do it? Well, my business, I have business partners. My business partner, Ben, grew up to Leobox, and that's brilliant. I make sure it's in the press. I keep promoting it. Right, I shoot deal myself. Restaurants, again, I have great chefs and managers and all of them, and partners. My main side of it is making sure that the flow of ingredients never stop. Yeah. And then my greatest pleasure, which is making shows for advertising. Which you have plus two. And they seem to do well, so one way to continue. Well, let me ask you this. You're, you're sitting in the field, you have a dealer here in your sights. Before you pull that trigger, do you have like a recipe rolling around your head saying, ooh, this would be good with? Very often. I mean, very often. My producer, Joe, camera always says that. As soon as we shot deer, he says, right, I'm going to do it so in, instead of going to Ted and looking at what's on Ted, in my case, they're mostly females, usually just here. Yeah. Uh, he'll say, and I think this is a really cool thing, he'll say, okay, let's talk about what you're going to do for this. So we'll go up here and I'll say, it's a beautiful three-year-old colored doe. She's got really good, now look at the condition again. See how it's done. Estimate the age of the team. And then we'll say, okay, well, I think this one will turn into the slow braised medicine or you know this or whatever yeah Wellington and how we work now in restaurant so I was trained as a restaurant chef okay no I was I learned in a restaurant front wow getting things thrown at me shouted at in French I've learned to speak from French I speak really good kitchen French I swear and in French very good actually and, um, and and I learned those classic techniques, you know. And then when I bought my first restaurant, I applied those techniques for veal of pork and lamb to deer and pigeon and pheasant. You know, how look at things the same way. If I go to Russia and I order it there, and I'm like, right, this is what's up. I did to substitute the veal for venison. Absolutely. The venison. To use the same recipe. Absolutely. And still comes out. Beautiful. 100%. So that's how we think about it. And, you know, and every 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 scrap of that day is going to be used. Even the skins get scraped and salty. Every single one, 100 a week. And then they get sent to a tannery on the other side of the country. Who makes them the leather? Why? So this, this did go to 
we any trimming straps really gnarly bits we run through a commercial grinder with small bones and we package them up and sell them as dog as posh dogs so we call it second rate mints so I bought it and uh, my dog's in on it and, uh, and those those people from all over the country buy huge amounts of it so nothing's crazy and not my dwarf a lot faster but I'm a little softer but I keep trying stuff right we live on ground but so I love it make a lot of burgers make a lot of bolognese sauces ragus and chili oh chili I love chili I'm a little bit of a chili by me I chili and by you my chili is I don't know. No, I'm okay. Listen, let me tell you something. The only difference between a really talented home cook and a professional chef is that the professional chef does it. And the professional chef's job is to take a dish that you would cook for you and dissect it, to figure out how to cook every element of that as far down the line as possible. So in service, you just accept it. You cook in a different way. But the skill of cooking is very often greater. And aesthetically, yeah. it's, it's more okay. And we're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you're very big into the sustainability. So, yeah, I mean, look, we're trying to protect. We're fighting a war against the excess deer numbers that they have. Now, look at it this way. The Romans came over in about 50 in AD, yeah. and in about 100 AD, they brought the fallow deer over to Syria. That's where they came from. Right. They've done really well. <laughs> and um, so, and then the Normans brought more of them. We think that now our population of deer is way higher than it has been since recorded in the Civil War. Thousands of years. Number one. Number. Yeah, I mean, look, England is the size of North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I believe. We think we've got, I think we've got up to about four million wild deer. There's 40 odd thousand deer stalkers with the legal capability to have a rifle that we It doesn't mean they don't have yeah. it. they legally have. Um, if you were to do that division, then you'd say that, okay, four million, right, little teachers. Common sense says you need to cull a third every year to stop the population of Christmas. It's good. You would it. We reckon we're doing about 4,000 every year. We need to kill it three times every year. That's physically enough. It is, yeah. So we're going to lose. But what we can do is increase the market we've ever seen, which is a thing. If you want to define the word sustainable, being able to take something without harming the environment or the bat species. Yeah. You do that in space. It's the ultimate sustainable, healthy protein. It is a shame that the American public don't get to the past. Which is, a lot of you can. That's the old. That's what population. 20, 30 million. But interestingly, back in, the, in this November, I went and spoke about this 
to the uh, uh, Congressional Caucus in Montana, where they get all the lawmakers together, for, uh, representatives, Congress, governors, who are interested, who are interested in what, and they they kind of look at the and they wanted me to apply ten cents or a bit about how can we do it. For I'm not here to say you should do it differently in America, but, but I can say how good. Yeah. And they, and maybe the next United States We are down the line. See, the North American model of wildlife management has saved. It's probably the best success story in wildland conservation in history. You've saved the white dog. You've saved the turkey. You've saved the elk. You've saved the bison because of hunting. What you're getting to in some states now is population here. And thanks to that, they think they're so great that they're knocking on the door of what we're saying. Yeah. But what do you do? There are states in the south where you can hunt. Uh, a doe a day times the next. You do those and those if you could check Soup kitchens, homeless, really. Look at all the uh, military. Yes, we can donate. And that's also, and I think that is probably the first step. Is getting uh, We're very lucky I can sell every ounce. Yeah, uh, we can't do that here. But it, the shame as a passionate game. If you want to get non-hunters to understand why hunting's good, feed them You know, if every hunter fed 10 mil hunters deer and explained what they did, why they did it, you would have, you would have an educated population. We are very lucky in Britain that most people most dollars. Most people each time us have the deer management Well that that's always been part of your portion. Yep. But we have always been a bird of culture. Deer it's the last forty years. It's bird hunting up to it really is. You know, the, the land has been managed for pheasants and waterfalls for two hundred years. The deer are better but that's that's how so look, it's, um, it's just fascinating, and uh, I see a real problem, like a real challenge. I don't want to get to the stage where the government are telling us to shoot them at night with thermals. Because it's too dangerous. Archives have so many birds, so many houses. It's too dangerous. Just go ahead and bed market. That's what we Well, you have that well by me, I think, it's growing. Yep. It's not good for the deer. No. I was just strictly up. Archery only. Not even muzzle Yeah, they have it in shotgun season, but a very short Quite from uh, October, the end of January. All the So you can, and it's pretty easy to get tags. Yeah. My mobile we house Climb over the counter, you shoot a deer, you bring it to the DKP. Oh, that's I like that system. That's great. So you have like a uh, you have like a place where you can go. Turn on the deer. They go all right. Yep. You take the deer away. Do something with it. The next day you go and shoot them. Yeah. Mostly, I think the first thing you spend a lot of time all over the state. I love them all. It's a hunting paradise. Oh, I agree. Uh, amazing.
I don't think I heard either. It's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. With Smith. That's why it's here. Something different. <laughs> we were telling on Block Island. Yeah. Um, so I showed a few there. Just let's I got to shoot. Uh, I had a few tags for my tails on Doves mainly. One block main that. Yeah. And I got to shoot some with a full block. That's cool. It was cool. A beautiful Kibler 1760 reproduction. Long rifle, pick the caliber. I'll oh. chop three white tails down. Oh, you should just get the CPA. Yeah? They're black powder guns. They're really? Go hold the jaw cap. Copy. That's correct. Who are they? CPA? CPA. I hear it. Yeah, yeah. I'll give another look. <laughs> and I can believe it. I love it. Black powder is awesome. So, what is your favorite hero? Oh, oh, honestly, follow dear Wellington. A Wellington is a creation, right? Yeah. It's I've got two, Venice and Wellington, which I love. It is a construct. It's a magical thing. Cut into that pastry, you got the round of meat. Well, I also like making follow dear book. Slow. And I take me slower, and I take me up the complex. Oh wow! Right. So you got the shoulder shack, the front shacks here. Yep. Take those. You know they've got like big single or two. That's what you're after. The collar right? Yeah. So you take those front shanks and cut those two or three bits of meat off, and save them up, and you've got a few. It fits up the shoulder blade. Uh, could have eight hours brown with maybe onions, the whole garlic, the whole shallots, butter. Uh, red wine, burgundy, tomato, bit of maize, and then rosemary, and then you know, finish the glazing, bread, yeah, yeah, with a rich sauce, velvety, the meat slides apart in your mouth, it's more intelligent, it's more sticky. I'm good, <laughs> It's on the show, you can watch it on uh, Wild Game Masterclass Series 1, MOTV. That's it, I uh, appreciate you, Kai. It's been awesome talking to you for one minute. Thank you. And where can we find each other? What time show? What time? So our shows are on uh, Outdoor Channel, um, uh, Eastern Time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 7 p.m. Monday nights for 40 weeks of the year. Either Wild Game, Wild Fish, Masterclass, Farming the Wild, Fishing the Wild. And then you can also watch them anytime you like on MOTV. Really worth subscribing. All right. Thanks again. We'll see you soon. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.
We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join HuntOfALifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit HuntOfALifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference.